0: Each week, I will be bringing you education and inspiration, as well as interviews with other fellow warriors. Get ready to be empowered in your faith, mindset, and your health. Now, let's get into today's episode. All right. Well, I'm so excited for another episode of Cancer Conversations, and I have a wonderful guest here today. Her name is Carrie Kilty. And Carrie and I met, I believe, on Instagram. Is that right?
1: Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah.
0: yeah. And I think both of us were just sharing our stories out loud, both of us, uh, stage four ovarian cancer thrivers. And so, I personally, what I love about you is first of all, I don't know your whole entire story. So I'm so excited to hear that. But, what I love is that you are not chasing the chemo. You're not chasing all of that. You are thriving. You are just kind of this epitome of health to me. You're having fun. You're just living your best life. And despite the diagnosis, and I don't know, that that's something
1: to marvel over. So
0: anyways, I'm so excited for everyone to hear your story. So, Carrie, welcome to the show.
1: Thank you for having me, Erica. It's great to be on. And I guess if you can even change one person's perspective about cancer or give one person hope, start shouting from the rooftops, whatever it takes. So I guess my story is similar to many other ovarian cancer patients. We are generally, they call it the silent killer for a reason. We're generally diagnosed at a later stage. And I had been kind of working my way through the doctor appointments. My regular doctor, he thought it was IBS. My gynecologist told me to cut out dairy. And by the time I got to GI, they had ordered some testing and said, you know, we'd like you back in a month. And I was like, literally crying like a month, like I can't go. My stomach is just, I was full of ascites. I didn't know that because I have a history of um, bloating and I'd been to the GI over the years just from the bloating. So it seemed like it was the normal bloating that I've just lived with my entire life, which I'm understanding is not normal now. And I believe our bodies talk to us and my body was probably talking to me for a long time. So I was not listening. The bloating was a symptom that should have been corrected and reestablished my microbiome, whatever was going on early on an ounce of prevention, right? It's worth a pound of cure. If we could always prevent things before we get the cancer, it's much, much easier. But anyway, that being said, um, they ordered a CT scan and the CT scan picked it up right away. GI did. So they called me the exact same day. It was very traumatic. I was picking up my then 11 year old from school and, you know, I'm on the phone and she's coming into the car and she's getting the news as I'm getting the news. And it was very overwhelming. I want to say, you know, I'm like you, I'm very spiritual and my kids were at a Catholic school. So in that parking lot, one of my good friends was there and happened to be a gynecologist as well. So ovarian cancer, gynecologist, and I, I tell her before I even tell my husband. So already God's got me on this journey. I mean, just when I look up and I see a friend and this is, you know, her expertise and her specialty. Now it's not cancer, but it's still gynecology, which is helpful. So, and then from there, it was, gosh, I can't even tell you how many beautiful blessings along the way. So I knew it was pretty bad. And my girlfriend came over right away and she and her husband are both, both physicians when they both come over within the half hour and sit in your kitchen, you're like, Ooh, this is not good. So I knew it would be bad. And the next day I had a friend call. She and her husband are both pilots and they own a commercial where they actually just, you know, do private jets and stuff like that. And they said, you're getting on a plane today at three o'clock and we're taking you to Mayo Clinic. And I was like, well, it's not that far. I can drive. Nope, nope, nope. We're taking you. They had, we first and only private jet I've ever been on. So I I got escorted to Mayo Clinic and thankfully uh, that was very wise because I was able to admit through hospital and get on treatment within 10 days. So I got CT, I got guided biopsy, I got pathology. I got so many things so quickly by going in through the ER at Mayo Clinic and without their expertise and knowledge, I wouldn't have done that. Um, I have to... Give a shout out. This woman, I unbeknownst to me, because I didn't understand how important it was, this female pilot was really adamant to get me on that airplane, her airplane, and fly me there because once I hit remission, her husband shared with me that her mother died mm. a month after being diagnosed with ovarian cancer. Mm. So one month after being do- diagnosed... Her mother died, and I was just kind of like, wow, I'm just being held and carried on this journey. So that allowed me to get the care that I needed to. I had a a pulmonary embolism in my lungs, so we couldn't move forward with the debulking surgery. So it ended up being a blessing in disguise. I was so full of cancer. Even after we did chemotherapy prior to the debulking surgery, I was doing weekly taxol I think I did six weeks of that and then a break to allow my immune system to kind of strengthen up again for chemo.
0: Okay. And what year were you diagnosed? And was it 2017, October,
1: February of 2017? Oh yeah. I mean, you get diagnosed and next day I'm in a jet to Mayo Clinic figuring okay. things. Yep. Okay. I don't think most people have to, I think most people have time. It was to the point though, that I was so full of fluid that I had three liters of fluid pumped off me. I couldn't breathe. So, I mean, when you get that lungs, it feels like an elephant sitting on your chest when your lungs are being pressed down by your, by all that fluid. I'm not sure. Did you have fluid as well? Yeah. In
0: my lungs and they drained two liters. Yeah. This is why I was coughing and shortness of breath and all that. So exactly right.
1: Yes. So Long story short, I believe, you know, I have used m- traditional oncology and I'm more integrative now than I ever have been. But because at some point for me, I understood that people that are stage four, I think the statistics are not great for us. So I am going to do everything I can to be an outlier and be in that small margin of people that make it. And already I'm coming up, it'll be my seven year cancerversary in February. So I'm already an outlier, just making it to five years. Yeah. But i um, I mean, I want more than that. I think God created us to live long, abundant lives. So I thank my traditional gynecologist surgeon so much. She was amazing. She did a life performing surgery on me and debulked me of lots of cancer. I was full of cancer. And then they shut you back up and they put a port in my stomach. And then I had the chemo that brings you to your knees. I had six months of the IPIV chemo. But then I hit remission after that. And I was in remission for two and a half years. So, yeah, since then, it's been a struggle and a battle. And I've done, I think, three lines of chemo, two of them traditional. And the last one I decided to do integrative. But I would say probably, I remember asking, you know, starting on just slowly. I mean, I'm a mom with kids that are 11 and 14 at this time, and I'm still like in a daze. I'm a stay home mom, and I'm still like, oh my goodness, you're just trying to figure it out. You're sick. You don't feel well. You know, you've had surgery. You really don't have the wherewithal. I mean, I'm prayerful every day, but you really don't have the wherewithal uh, to to know what to do for yourself at that point. You're just kind of like, what's my next appointment? What's my next step? And that first year went kind of like that. What I started reaching out and started You know, asking about supplements and reading more about how to improve my chances, and my doctors, unfortunately, my uh, chemotherapy doctors were not even in that first six. They were not supportive or collaborative with anything that I asked. And I said, I remember asking specifically about curcumin. You know, and it's saying, what about that? I've read so much. No, we just don't know how. And if you're scared, so I listened to that. They don't know. They said not to. I am so much further along than that. This is my body. I feel like I am the CEO of my body. I pray and I ask for guidance on God to show me the way. And I believe that he does. So I believe I've also had to take back control and power of people that you think mean well for you and have great intentions. And I believe those oncologists really do. But when you get quiet and you listen to that inner wisdom, it's the Holy Spirit that inner wisdom will guide you always on what is really, truly good and healthy for you.
0: Oh yeah. I think so many people, they're just so full of fear, right? And they let that be the voice that leads them. And I know like the first two and a half months when I first got diagnosed, it was fear. Like it totally was fear because I was dealing with just the trauma of being diagnosed, right? That's super traumatizing. Absolutely. And you're just shocked, like, because I don't know if you're like me, but I was like, oh, cancer's for those people, not for someone like me, right?
1: You know what? It's your worst nightmare at becoming your reality because I live a healthy life. I do this. I was a triathlete, a marathon runner. I mean, I'm my body was healthy, but in reality, I, I understand I was living out of alignment.
0: Oh my goodness. Me too. Okay. So let's talk about that. So I'm sure over these past seven years, you've done a lot of deep work and inner healing on yourself. Do you know what the root of this cancer is?
1: This is? The thing, root cause, I still don't know. I mean, I can shut off whatever is causing this and so we don't have this cancer process going. I don't know. We can't and and this is I think one of the problems with traditional oncology is, you know, the tumor is just a symptom of something else going That's right. on. That's right. And when we don't address what else is going on and we only address this tumor, we're never going to get rid of cancer. Yes. So we're getting chemotherapy. It's knocking our immune system down. We, you know, yes, it's taking care of the cancer, but it's taking care of all the, the things that God built into your body, your P53, everything, your natural killer cell, everything that is made to crush cancer cells naturally. I mean, we have these systems in place, won't work anymore then. Yep. So
0: I've never understood that. And I've actually never gotten a clear answer from a conventional oncologist why can't patients that are getting chemo get, you know, use natural supplements? I mean, I don't understand the interference. I've talked to holistic doctors who use IPT and they want you to build. In fact, they don't give you the IPT, which is low dose chemo. They won't allow you to do that unless you are doing all the immune system building things and all the supplements. So right there it goes, and that's what I did, right? So it goes to show you it totally works. I mean, it completely works. And so <clears throat> I, yeah, I can, I've never gotten a clear answer from an, a traditional. Um,
1: I believe it's just not in their training and it's not in their wheelhouse, but those oncologists that have decided to go integrative, yeah, they understand and they're looking at the nutrition component. They're looking and I feel terrible, but my local experts fed me warm sh- cookies at chemotherapy. Yeah. So you th- well, if, if I'm here in the oncology unit, this is before COVID. Now, after COVID, they don't give you really anything, not even a drink, it seems like. But anyway, this is like, so if you think if your doctors in the chemo ward are bringing around warm cookies that just came out of the oven, this has to be okay for your cancer, right?
0: hmm Yes. Oh. Yeah, it's mind-blowing. I did ask a doctor one time, you know, why is it okay knowing that sugar feeds cancer? There's tons of research studies out there. You do know that, right? And he says, yes. And I said, so why Why do you guys do that? Like, why is that allowed? And he said, well, to be honest, we we just don't really have a lot of high hopes that our patients are going to make it and survive cancer. And so we want to make them as comfortable as possible. That's what he told me.
1: Bingo. So this is what, when I talked to the chemo pharmacist, I was doing high dose vitamin C. I wanted to make sure it was compatible. And I really believe the biggest key is education for patients. Mm -hmm. And we leave them in the dark and we want to make them comfortable while they die. Yeah. I would rather be empowered to maybe give myself a chance to live. That's right. Yes.
0: Preach sister. Yeah. And the thing is, I want to just highlight to everyone listening in right now is that One thing I love about you is that it literally takes courage to do what you're doing, where you're just, you're looking at the conventional system. You're not seeing a lot of good results and success. And you're saying, I don't want that. I'm going to forge my own way. This is how I'm going to be a warrior and I'm going to forge my own way. And it is working and you're thriving and you're doing so well. It's amazing.
1: I, you know what? I, I have been living peacefully with cancer for a long time and I can't tell, I don't have any. I mean, I have the normal things that a lot of cancer patients go through. I mean, we have bowel issues, we have digestion, that kind of stuff. But I mean, in terms of, I walk my dog, I I work out on my Peloton, I do yoga. You cannot tell me walking around that I'm a cancer patient.
0: Oh my gosh, you're gorgeous. Yeah, there's no way anybody would identify you as a... No. I can't. And
1: that's the other thing. I also am fighting this on my terms. And I don't know if people usually do that, but I've said my big why was getting my kids. I had an 11 year old. She's in college now. She's living her best life in California. I live outside of Chicago and Illinois. And my other one is in Minnesota. This mama's why my babies, I love them. And I want to be here forever. They're grown women and they're on their own. So now I'm telling my doctors and have been for a while. That doesn't sound like a high quality of life, what you're what you're asking me to do or what you think is good for me. Does that sound like a loving choice for my body? Is that an -hmm. alignment? Everything I believe about healing the body and how the body heals. And it's very hard. It's like you're going against the grain of mainstream everything. And it's very hard to stay rooted in your beliefs and to know that you are doing what's best for yourself when everybody is screaming at you and telling you you're wrong or, or to do something different.
0: Exactly. Okay. So for someone that might not be as bold as us and and just, you know, be like, oh my gosh, I'm gonna forge my own way because it's a life or death situation. So for someone just say, you know what, move out of the way, doctors. I'm gonna do my own thing. I'm gonna trust the Holy Spirit to lead me to the different modalities and we're gonna uproot this cancer. And it, it might not happen in a year, it might take 10 years, you know, whatever. It's up to God. What would you say to somebody? who is like they're not getting results with the conventional world but they don't know what to do they're scared what what would you say to them
1: i would find a, a people that will support you on this journey because that is your biggest person or your biggest community is people that whether it's faith whether it's other cancer survivors whether whatever it is you need you need some people and you need somebody that you can see in front of you. Like, okay, this was an ovarian cancer patient. She is doing this. I can do this too. For me personally, that is, that spoke volumes. When I had a mentor that she was stage three, but she's still clean to this day and she's an older woman, but she was so talked to me through everything and just seeing that, oh, on the other side, people can make this through and they can. And that was so important for me to be able to see concrete proof that people can do this. Now I'm not going to that I have all the answers and I have cancer. Nobody does. I mean, it, this is cancer. It's a worthy opponent, right? We're all trying our best. But what I am saying is at the end of the day, what traditional oncology has for a stage four patient after I've had three lines of chemo doesn't the statistics aren't good and doesn't really resonate with my soul for me personally. But I, I'm not saying that, oh, I'm I'm Rogan. I'm still being supported in that in that respect. They're still watching me. If I keep coming back, is there anything new? Have you found anything for know immuno, any immunotherapies? Anything that you can give me? I'm like you, I've done IPT as well, where we support the immune system. I do a lot of holistic things. I eat healthy. I'm try to manage my stress. I mean, it is a full-time job. And you having a young daughter at home, kudos to you because it is a full-time job. My kids are gone and I'm a stay home mom. I was a kindergarten teacher, thought I'd get back to that life, but God had other plans for me. And this is the life I'm given. So this is the life I embrace. And I try every day to just show up and and do it the best that I can.
0: That's beautiful. So Since cancer is the biggest teacher for all of us, and if we use it and allow it to to be, what would you say that
1: cancer has taught you the most? Oh, well, to lean more on God, probably my relationship with God. I I never had quiet time for myself every morning. I never blocked that off. I never, I was so busy just going and doing. I was literally through our church, taking care of people, that were homeless or that we were doing home visits that needed things from us. And I was full of cancer. I I would, I had denied my own needs so much and put everybody else's needs so far ahead of mine that I was living completely out of alignment and you can never heal that way. And you can never give the best to other people when your well is dry and empty. Mm -hmm. So I understand a little bit. And I've actually had to do a lot. I have a great Christian counselor. I've had to do a lot of therapy around this because I thought, you know, God does not want us exhausted. God wants us refreshed and living abundant, healthy lives. And that does not mean, as my counselor said, that does not mean breastfeeding the world.
0: <laughs> mm, taking
1: care of everybody, taking care of everybody to the point where you don't take care of yourself, because this is what a good Christian woman does. We give our time. We And I, it's been a lot for me to evaluate how I was living out of alignment and say, That didn't work for me, that life was not serving me personally. And and to be okay with that too.
0: I love that. That's yeah, that's freedom right there.
1: Yeah. And even being able to say no, we hear this so much. I don't know if I even knew seven years ago when I was diagnosed. I don't even think I even knew the word self-care. You know, Mm -hmm. I didn't, and self-care, I'm sorry, is not just going to get a massage, it's rolling up your sleeves. And seeing why was I a people-pleasing person? Why was I serving other people before I even looked for my own needs and what I needed? Why, like it's childhood, deep root stuff that you've got to go back and and you've got to heal those wounds so that you can move through them.
0: Exactly. Yes, I know. That's so good. That's exactly what I'm working on right now is healing the root cause. And it's not just one thing for me. It was multiple things. And my doctor had told me I had actually had the cancer in my body brewing for over 10 years. And so when I got diagnosed in 2020, she asked me, so what were you doing about 10 years ago? And I'm like, why? And she goes, well, it takes about 10 years for cancer to... Now, unless... I mean, studies are coming out. If you get the the jab, then it, it activates the cancer, but it takes about 10 years. And so I, I thought back to 10 years ago, and I was actually leaving a spiritually abusive church. And so it, it was like, it's just so crazy what was going on. Then it was like so much ugh,
1: emotional. I, I, you know, where do we give our power and control to? So yeah. uh, it's church, of course, this is a yeah. good place. But, uh, when you listen to that Holy Spirit, that inner wisdom, maybe that wasn't a healthy place. It was spiritually abusive, but right. it takes time and, and stopping giving Oh, well, of course, this has got to be it's church. They're good. You're thinking, right? Boy, it takes a lot of confidence to sit rooted in yourself and say, boy, this doesn't align with this, how I come to God and how I believe things should go. And I give you kudos for that because once you start taking back power yeah, and knowing you can be loving and kind and spirit filled and be in all the fruits and still negotiate with your doctors, mm-hmm. oncologists, traditional yep. ones, your integrative practitioners, holistic people, and you can stay in your place of peace and love them for what they have to offer you. Even, I'm sure you met plenty of great people. The church itself might have been abusive, but maybe you took some great relationships from there.
0: Yes, yes, exactly. Hey, I want to pause from today's episode and talk about an immune system molecule that has certainly changed my life, but is making a lot of waves out in the world. And strong immunity is my passion. And I truly believe that every single person needs to be using this molecule. It activates your natural killer cells. It makes your immune system 437% smarter. It kills cancer cells. And its main job is to help your body recognize a threat And then respond to it. Now, one of the great things about this molecule is if your body doesn't recognize where the problem is, it can't certainly fight it. So it's like this molecule points out where the problem is so it can effectively fight it. So if you are interested in what this molecule could do for you, go ahead and message me at hello at ericamatthews.co. All right, let's get back into today's episode. Well, so let's go back a little bit. I want to know like so you were completely clear for two and a half years. Did well, you?
1: Well, this, this is the other thing. So completely clear remission, no evidence of disease. I did not know after doing that that really tough chemo about these cancer stem cells. Now, mm-hmm. not anything that they're going to tell you when you go through conventional oncology is that chemotherapy and radiation will not get the cancer stem cells. So. I mean, I I had no knowledge of that and knowing that there are natural herbs and products out there that that target cancer stem cells that I could have been doing in conjunction with chemotherapy as long as it, it worked. It's, it's a little um, frustrating for me personally. So obviously, I don't have any ovaries anymore. I had a complete hysterectomy in my debulking. I still have ovarian cancer cells. So those cells were always in there, even with no evidence of disease remission. Understand that just because they weren't growing or on fire doesn't mean that they weren't present. So my body was doing its job. My immune system was working properly at keeping those cells from going rogue. And remember this. Cancer is not a foreign invader. This is your own body who's you did not nourish and love yourselves in the way that you should through whatever pathway, emotional or toxins, your body went rogue on you. Someone didn't come in. So the war on cancer fight, I look at this. This is my body. I have to love and nourish this temple back to wholeness.
0: Beautiful. Absolutely. I love that. So what made you then, so you, then the reoccurrence came and what made you say, I don't want to do the conventional way. What was it for you?
1: Well, it was actually my first recurrence. It was, I did conventional and I think I did the red devil. And it was simple compared to the other one that I'd done, but I was also doing integrative. So I would go and do it. And the next day I'd go get IVs or I'd sit in the hyperbaric chamber. So I, it was a breeze for me. My counts were so low. I still had to get neupogen a lot, but I had discovered this integrative arm that I did not know of previously. And so I think anybody that's newly diagnosed, if you can get integrative care on board, I mean, cancer is a worthy opponent. So if you can get, if you've decided I'm going with my oncologist, I honor whatever people choose to do and whatever works for them personally, but I would encourage you to get a good integrative practitioner or start looking at crispy cancer, people like yourself, people that are doing other things because the conventional model is just not enough.
0: Exactly.
1: And
0: that's it. I mean- first of all, like right when I got diagnosed, God had put it in my heart. Don't do chemo. And still to this day, like the convention, full blown chemo. Whenever I ask him, like, should I do low dose chemo or whatever? He always tells me no. And I look now, cause I'm almost close to four years into this. And I look at the people, especially with ovarian cancer. And I do not see success. I mean, it is a rare thing. I have a couple past clients that they did the chemo and then they went and changed everything in their life, but they do live in this fear that it's going to come back. But did you
1: hear what you said? It wasn't just the chemotherapy. They went and changed everything in their lives. Exactly. So if you just think this is a mistake that many cancer patients, I just can't wait for this to all be over so I can get back to my normal life. Mm -hmm. Your normal life was very hospitable to cancer. So, and let's go through and change whatever was allowing that cancer to thrive, you're going to always be in a cancering process. I mean, this is just basics.
0: 100%. And most people, they don't believe that unless you do go the integrative way or you're, yeah, it's not taught, right? The the right. conventional way and just really what we hear from commercials or whatever is like, oh, you have a cancer diagnosis? Okay, chemo, radiation, surgery. And you're just on this conveyor belt. And then that's what you do. You just, and then you reoccur and then you go through it again. And then you're on meds for this symptom now. And this and pain your and this. is taking
1: a hit each yes. time because yes. you're not supporting it in the way. Maybe you're not getting the counseling. This is one thing I cannot believe that I'm diagnosed and it is trauma. Let's just say this. You're diagnosed and you have this great life and you want to live it. There's not an oncology therapist there you know what I mean? Nobody says, and by the way, we have five, you know, I'm at a huge teaching hospital. Um, There's no, and by the way, we have a whole team of people that their expertise is oncology therapy or counseling. There was no such talk of that. And I think your mindset and your mental chatter and my children, my goodness, my daughter can't even, she was 11. She can't even remember a time before cancer. And she had the trauma in the car and My kids are both in counseling at their colleges, respective colleges, and um, they say that boy, they're uncovering trauma from that too. So, a whole family. I don't even think we don't even talk about get a good counselor too. This is something that's like get one on board right away because you need friends, you need family, you need love, you you need support, but you also need to get your head straight and know that you can do this and somebody that's in your corner. And it would be great if there was integrative oncology everywhere and not just. Pay for it out of pocket. Places
0: exactly. Yes, the insurance covered. Yeah, I mean, it's like when you are diagnosed with cancer, it is a whole body approach. You got to work on the spiritual aspect of things, physical, emotional. That's why I'm on this big journey right now of root cause, like healing the nervous system, like all of that stuff. So it's fascinating, but I'm I'm learning so much right now. It's exciting. Isn't it-
1: Wonderful. I think God presents you with what you need to be presented with because as you know, you start on on this road and then you take this road and then you take that road and then these things are working and that didn't work. And by the time you get to almost seven years where I am, I've had to look at nervous system reset and all the gut brain access. And boy, oh boy, there has been more things revealed to me about how we navigate. And it's your body's ability to try and survive, you know, trauma, really. Mm-hmm. And you're your body is amazing what it'll do to try and help you survive. Exactly. Yeah. God, that. That's so yeah. true. Yeah. I
0: yeah. mean, I've heard that cancer is really your body's last protective mechanism. It's like a protection saying something in your life is not working. Right. You're going to die. Right. Unless yeah. so it's like cancer is just, it's trying to protect you so that you can change and really get into alignment.
1: Amen. I've also had to stare, I've had to stare death in the face and I've had to make peace with it because I'm, as you know, very religious and uh, I don't believe what I die. I believe when I go to heaven, I live in eternity. So I've made with that, but I also believe that we're all created for a purpose here. And I believe that I don't believe God makes cancer, but I believe he uses it. Yeah. So I believe toxins and the emotions, none of that is love and good. And I mean, so we're seeing ourselves more clearly in a whole way. And we are it's kind of like the layers of an onion. You're peeling away. And at the end of it, I get this beautiful piece of soul that's connected to God and something so much more than everything here on earth. And one mm. day from what everyone, I, I don't know about you, but I've read a lot of near-death experiences and people say, when you meet God, it is, you feel like you're going home. Yeah. So I don't think that's scary either. So I've had to try to remove fear around that, you know, and because it does get scary to do this and the fear of dying, the fear of, so it's like anything, if you're going on a trip and you want to do your homework, you want to know what it looks like. I've done my homework around that. You know what I mean? And I've kind of had to make peace with my brain knowing that, and I want to live fully while I'm here. But I also know that that's a beautiful existence once we depart this earth. And I've kind of chosen to personally, I want to live with abundance and I want all these limbs intact and I want all these, I don't want, I don't want to live less than God created me to live.
0: I love that. Well, you're doing that. You are doing amazing things. So let's talk about that. What are you doing?
1: And even what? Well, I do tons of stuff. So mostly it's a healthy diet, but I also have invested in infrared sauna. So I do that like three times a week For sometimes. I do ozone, rectal insufflation. I bought an ozone machine, so I do that at home. I do injections of mistletoe in my stomach. So that's another arm I use. I use sometimes some detoxification things and lots of herbs and supplements. And I'm always, I actually just hired somebody to help me handle all those. It's like a pharmacist, a, a cell biologist a Chinese medicine, and they're going to help me do that. Because honestly, sometimes I'm just very spirit filled and saying like, Lord, I have hundreds of supplements in front of me. Can you just show me the ones that are good for my body today? Uh-huh. Yes, exactly. <laughs> So I can't say that I'm an expert on it, but I can say that, you know, if you've read enough over and over again in enough cancer books, the things that you need for a cancer patient and vitamin C, we really can use a lot of vitamin C. My bowel tolerance for oral dosing vitamin C is very high because my body's demands for vitamin C are very high. So. Wow. Yeah. So I oral dose that at home. And then I also get infusions of that. So, and I, yesterday I did a Myers cocktail with IVC along with hyperbaric chamber at my local integrative doctor. And I'm also doing the rice frequency lights too. I don't know if you've heard of those. So I go to yoga, yoga, I pray every morning. And I also just try to live my life. I hang out with my friends. I walk my dog. I enjoy dinners with my husband I try to make my life. I can't tell you that it's an easy life, and I can't tell you there are some nights I need to do an enema. And I don't. I, I do it in my basement. <laughs> I have a bathroom down there, and I sometimes I don't want to, but it's like I need to do this to take care of myself. So mm. it, it's not an easy life. I, I don't think it's for some. My sister once told me she's a nurse. She goes, I could not do what you do. I could not change my diet. I could not. And at this time she was pretty overweight. And I said, you're right. If, if your mindset is I could never do this. You can't. Right. But when I wake up in the morning and I tell myself it's another day, I'm grateful all my arms work. I'm grateful to be alive. I'm grateful for, for everything that I have going well in my life. So I think it's a mindset. I mean, do I want to be in reality? Yes. It is hard. I have stage four metastatic ovarian cancer. I am trying very hard to outwork this cancer. I am leaving no stone unturned. Regular oncology, OxyClinic clinic in Tijuana, I mean whatever it takes to try to heal this body. I'm very prayerful and I can't tell you that I have the answers, but I can tell you it's been almost 7 years and I have lost so many stage 4 ovarian cancer friends on this journey that did not make it to the 5-year mark.
0: Exactly. Yeah, and they and would would you say that it like they only did conventional
1: a couple of them, yes. Yeah. But one of them, no, one of them worked her tail off too. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh. Hard. So I learn a lot from other cancer patients. I think it's a sacred space to be able to sit and talk with anybody that's going through cancer because it is, I mean, you're raw and you're vulnerable and you're full of hope and you want to heal just like everybody else. So when people let you in or where you sit in a chemo chair or an infusion chair, I, I do in, infusions mostly and you're with other cancer patients. It's, and they share and collaborate and support me. And I'm just so grateful for everybody that's walked this journey with me, cancer patients, non-cancer I've had so much love and support and I just feel it everywhere I go. And I always think whatever you're looking for in the world, you're going to find. Yeah amazing people that support and love me everywhere I go. But I got to tell you, I love and support people everywhere I go too. Mm-hmm.
0: So. Oh, yeah. You are just such a lovely person and you're tenacious. Oh, thank you. And I love, I, I just love what God is doing. And I know that you are, you are already healed. You're just walking your journey out. And, you know, I truly believe we don't need numbers or scans to tell us we are healed. I, I God says we're healed,
1: right? I will. I do these affirmations too, like, thank you, God, for healing me. I call it in advance, and I'm claiming it for myself. Mm-hmm. I'm telling my body what to do. So I do a lot of that mental, like, okay, tonight when I'm sleeping, this is what the natural killer cells, I need you. I am the, I'm programming my body to what it's supposed to do. And I'm, I'm very prayerful, like, God, if there's anything that I need to know, if there's anything that you need me to know, please reveal it to me, show me the way. And I think being spirit felt spirit filled and led. I don't ever, ever, ever feel alone or fearful. I feel like I'm held guided and protected.
0: Mm -hmm. That's so good. You're like me to where it's like, I'm actually a better person. I'm more aligned. I'm more alive in who God created me to be. And it's like, this has been a very empowering journey. And like you almost lost my life twice, but God, but God, and we I know. love more for that.
1: Amen. Right? But I say, I mean, He gives you this so that you lean on Him, and my relationship with God is so much stronger through all of this. And I am a different person. I keep saying I've been praying for healing, and He's healed me in all the ways. But now I need to get specific and say, because He's mentally, spiritually, everything else healed. I need to be healed physically now, Lord. Okay, yeah. I'm done with That's this. Right. Drinking. That's right. Bye.
0: Yeah, clear skin, Lord. Normal
1: tumor. Lessons for me to live or learn from it. And I wouldn't be here speaking to you without it. So I'm grateful for so many things that it has taught me and my family. And a lot of things is that I feel like a lot of people have lost the ability to believe in themselves that they can do hard things. And we can do hard things. And with God and with family and with all the proper support, man, you can make a way.
0: Reach it, sister. Come on. Ah, I believe it all too. I completely believe it. I remember in the beginning when I would have well meaning people that would come to me and say, I know you're hoping for a different result, but my mother died of ovarian cancer. Why would you tell me that? Why do I need to know that? And it, but it would trigger me. And then if somebody, because I'm an empath and I'm a very discerning. Yeah, exactly. I could feel people's stuff, right? So people would come near me that I could just feel that they did not believe I was going to survive stage four ovarian cancer. And that spirit would try to jump on me. And it would because I wasn't like armored up, right? I didn't have my protective gear on at that moment. Oh, because oh God. Yes. Yeah, full armor of God. Yeah, I didn't
1: know to cancer that I'm an empath. So how I navigate this world is different than other people. So and how you navigate this world. So we do, we absorb, my husband has a day at the office and he comes home. I absorb that because I love him. Understanding Henry Cloud does a lot of great stuff on on boundaries, understanding boundaries and how they're godly and they're religious and they're good things for our relationships. And I didn't realize I was not a very good boundary. I had no boundaries for myself and what I could handle before. And now I realize saying no to things is healthy for me.
0: Right. It's self-respecting. And it's also helpful for other people because then they know where they begin and where they end and where they stand with you. It's like, it is normal, but if 400%. you're not about that, if you're just, if you grow up in a codependent enmeshed household, you don't know what boundaries are. In fact, you feel like you're being rude to people if you set a boundary well, I, and it's hard.
1: I think that's the journey for most of us is to realize that, you know, setting boundaries is healthy. Actually, they say that boundary people are are usually more, they're more empathetic people. They're more healthier people. You know, boundary people are, are kind and loving. I, I used to think going out and saving the world was wonderful, but then what are you supposed to do? Inside your own fence first, right? That's what you look at. What in my own life, in my own family. And I was just burning both ends of the candle, trying to be the perfect mom, perfect wife, perfect. I was coaching volleyball. I was helping out at church. I was doing this and that. And of course, you know, wasn't just running a little bit. I got to run a marathon. wasn't just working out a little bit. Got to try, try. That is just living so far out of alignment. Nobody could keep that. I don't even know that girl, but her life is exhausting. And I don't want that back either.
0: <laughs> oh my gosh. Overachiever. I'm recovering from that. I totally get it. Wow. It's rooted, though, all in identity, if you think about it, right?
1: It's. Yeah. What's funny is I was a Christian. I took the K Love Challenge back when my daughter was in sixth grade, and I was diagnosed when she was in ninth grade. And I always say, God was strengthening me in so many ways for this battle, like slowly getting me ready for it. over three years. That's, you know, it was K Love and more Christian music. And, you know, we've always been a church going family, but your relationship with God, it was stronger. Mm-hmm. And then it, continues to get stronger. And I would say the deeper dive I go, the the more loving and less judgmental I am too. Mm -hmm. I didn't realize sometimes we as Christians, we're not open with our heart space to love people. We're out there judging the world. And that is not your job to do. That is God's job. God said above all else, what are we to do? Love. So that is one thing that I didn't realize about myself. And I don't really love to say that, but it's truthful.
0: (laughs) So true. I know. I didn't even realize like, oh my gosh, I was so controlling and so this and so that and harsh and oh my gosh. Yeah. So cancer, like you said, it's been a beautiful wake up call in the best way, but also like very, very painful and you're forced to face yourself if you really want to heal and all the things that got us to where we're at, but we can heal. And I know, I know we will. So, and we are.
1: That too, totally. So I think it's a journey for all of us. And I think, you know, whatever path people decide to to choose, I honor them. But I would just encourage people you owe it to yourself and to your life and to live this better than than the sick people. Go walking into traditional oncology is a bit trauma for me because I see wheelchairs and sick people. I pop up those steps and run up those steps. And, you know, I'm in there. And there's so many people that are just so fragile. And gosh, I just think it's not true health that's not how God intended people to live. Right.
0: It's not true health. Exactly. So, well, I love it. It's obviously working. We praise God for your success, for your healing, for all that he's doing in your life. It's beautiful. I love following your journey. So if, if people listening in wanted to follow your journey too, I mean, where would they be able to do that at?
1: Um, I'm on Instagram, Carrie doing cancer and me and an oncology friend nurse. Hopefully in 2024, we're going to have a book out, just kind of a quick start guide to cancer, kind of a better one. Yes. Just something simple. You've been diagnosed. Here you go.
0: Love it. That's,
1: yes. Because I believe that's what I wanted when I was diagnosed. And I'm also doing this a lot to try to help people and be really nice to be able to put that in their hands. So exactly. Carrie doing cancer on Instagram is where you can find me.
0: Oh my gosh. Thank you so much. This has been amazing. And I know the listeners are going to find so much value in this. So thank you so thank
1: you. much. I'm so proud of you. And um, you're an inspiration to all of us out there fighting. Oh, so keep going.
0: Me too. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the show. My prayer is that the podcast encouraged you and filled you with hope. If you loved what you heard today and you would like to help support the podcast, please share it with others. Post it on social media and leave a review on Apple Podcasts. To catch the latest from me, you can follow me on Instagram at It's Erica Matthews and join my Hope and Healing for Cancer Facebook group. Remember this anything
1: worth having takes work. See you next week for a new episode.